This show is sponsored by IdealWorkspace.com, which promotes a healthier way of working through their adjustable standing desk. Check out their latest smart adjustable standing desk at Altizen.com. A-L-T-I-Z-E-N.com. Welcome to Analyze Asia, the podcast dedicated to dissect the pulse of business, technology, and media in Asia. In this episode, I speak to Walter Van Verge and Alvin Ng from General Electric ASEAN, where we discuss the footprint and coverage of GE across Southeast Asia, their impact on agriculture, healthcare, and aviation with their digital platform, and how the Internet of Things will fundamentally transform the traditional business in Asia. Good evening. I'm actually sitting here in GE Singapore office with Walter Van Verge and Alvin Ng. And they are pretty interesting people that you're going to find out. But I'm going to start off with introducing them. Walter is currently the President and Chief Executive Officer of General Electric ASEAN and Alvin Ng, General Manager, GE Digital ASEAN. So with a quick introduction, maybe I'll just want to find out, Walter, what's your role and coverage with General Electric? So I'm in charge of the whole activities of the company in the region. So I've been here for uh, working in ASEAN and for ASEAN for about 14 years. And, and currently, this is my sixth year in Singapore. So this is a very dynamic region, a lot of infrastructure needs and all the products that GE can supply. We have a great team with a very strong local team, local presence. And uh, yeah, we are work- looking for a lot of future growth. So good. Mm. How about you, Alvin? So my role is, you know, I head up the G Digital business across ASEAN. And as you know, digital, it's really around connected machines. Digital is really around the industrial internet and how do we harvest and harness data to really drive more efficiency and productivity. That's, that's my role. So probably most of my audience will know GE, General Electric, founded by Edison. Yes. Everybody know the inventor. Started and with a light bulb. Yeah, started with a light bulb. And, you know, American company, of course, it had gone through many iterations. And I think GE today is very different. Maybe to start off, my first question is, Walter, can you give me an introduction of General Electric, the vision and mission, and what do they do now today to my audience? Yeah, so GE is a company that actually constantly reinvents itself. We'll celebrate our 125th anniversary this year. And actually, you know, we were the first company on the Dow Jones Industrial Index 121 years ago, and we're the only one that is still there from the starting companies. So, so I think that that says a lot. Today, we have a number of activities. The main ones are power generation, both thermal and renewable. We do everything that is related to the transmission of the electricity when it's produced. We have a very big business in oil and gas, transportation, locomotives, and of course also healthcare. So these are our big businesses. And then the new uh, transformation that we are ongoing, becoming a leading digital industrial company, is of course digital that Alvin represents. We've been going through a lot of changes, as I mentioned. We've shrunk our GE Capital business. We've acquired... Alstom, the French industrial company. Currently, we have the merge ongoing with Baker Hughes to strengthen our oil and gas activities. And we've also invested quite a lot in, in new technologies like additive manufacturing. So, so constantly reinventing ourselves and making the company even stronger for the future. Specifically for ASEAN, which is the Southeast Asia region, what is GE's activity and coverage? The good thing is that in Southeast Asia, all the countries need everything that we can supply. And at this moment, yes, the big activities are linked to the power generation and the power transmission, healthcare, 
And of course, aviation. There's a big need of transporting people. And two of our biggest customers worldwide are in the region. Yeah, everything that we do is needed. And yeah, we are, we, we're strengthening this uh, all over the region. So before I go on to the next question on, about digital transformation, as a general manager who oversees the entire region, what are the very interesting trends and maybe cultural nuances that you look at with Asia that's different from the rest of the world? You know, the interesting thing, ASEAN is of course a region, but it's 10 very different countries. You have uh, countries like where we are sitting now, Singapore, which is one of the most modern cities, countries in the world. And you have also countries that are really at the start of their development. I'm coming back from Cambodia and Laos, where, where there's still a lot of things to be done. The good thing, I think, and that's something that is common to this, this region and these countries, there's a lot of dynamism. It's a, long, it's a young population. People really want to, to make change and, and to, to generate progress. That's, I think, a common trend in the region and something which is very exciting to work with. It's a booming region. And I assume that with also Myanmar now opening up, so there's another new big market to look at. Yes, absolutely. Myanmar, we started in Myanmar about five years ago. We were one of the first US companies to to set a a foot in, in the country. And since then, we've been doing a lot of very good activities. You know, we don't only push to to sell our products. In these countries, we've done a lot of capacity building, working together with the governments and our customers to get skills and knowledge to the people and to the engineers and to all our counterparts. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's interesting. I'm coming back as an example from Cambodia. And, and we just opened two days ago an, a, a new water cleaning system that we have donated to hospitals. And that's very impressive because when you go to the hospitals, you meet the patients, you meet the doctors, you clearly see that, that we make an impact on the lives of the people. And that's something that GE is very good at. We, we do a lot of good for the world. That's a very interesting thing. I didn't know that. I, I want to switch to Alvin. Can you briefly talk about what is GE's strategy in digital transformation? Sure. If you kind of look at the industrial internet and how it's evolving, you know, in by the year 2020, you have 50 billion machines get connected. The art of what we are doing today is really how do we drive greater productivity, greater optimization? How do we be more predictive in terms of our machines and assets that we are doing? If you kind of think about the world of the industrial, it is really around assets it's really around operations and processes, and it's really around people and safety. And if you kind of take those three big factors, the way you drive that and kind of move the needle with what, what we term in the G's point is 1% productivity, and that moves the needle in big industrial companies. And the way we address those three factors, it's really around collecting data, analyzing it, so therefore getting connected collecting that data, creating those insights from the data, and from that insights, you get optimized. And that's really the focus around the solution and the capabilities of what GE Digital is trying to do. What I understand is that GE Digital mainly helps business, at least on the enterprise level. Can you talk a little bit about what kind of verticals, categories of the industries that you help to work with? Sure. When Walter said earlier that it's GE has transformed as a company to be a digital industrial, so if you look at the entire industrial vertical, we are there. 
where our business, especially whether it's power, whether it's oil and gas, whether it's healthcare, whether it's renewables, whether it's transport and locomotives, these various industries all require that whole digital transformation that we talked about today. And I think our audience are pretty familiar that, you know, in, in the world where we live in, the industrial companies are probably 10, 15 years behind our typical enterprise companies today. And there's a huge opportunity where these companies are turning around and said, look, I need my assets, I need my machines, I need to better understand them, and I need them to be connected. So those industries are what our sweet spot, are what we are really good at. What we have done with digital as well is we kind of really open up in new industries, especially in the area of manufacturing, right? So GE owns 497 factories around the world. We are probably one of the largest manufacturers, and we have leveraged the entire digital portfolio and digital, both digital platform, digital solutions to really deliver efficiency and optimization. One interesting vertical that over the recent probably year and a half that we've been really, it's in the agriculture space, agri or aqua culture space, where IoT becomes extremely critical and, and the ability to actually harvest and harness data, right? And to drive greater optimization and efficiency be smart, smarter farming or smarter fish farming is becoming critical. So we play in that area as well with our platform solution. So specifically as a follow-up, I'm curious, what are your thoughts with regards to enterprise mobility, the, the use of smartphones today, mm. I mean in the enterprise sector, mm. and also Internet of Things as in what do you use to be able to help your customers, the businesses, to be able to get better with digital transformation then? Sure. I mean, if you look at where GE is. GE, it's all about material science, physics, and where we are coming from now is we we have the whole concept of software, application, data science, data analytics, and then now we have platform as a service to drive a lot of those digital transformation. If you talk about mobility, that's an area where I think it's very IT driven. I think where GE wants to really help a lot of customers are customers that have both OT and IT. When I say OT, uh, operational technology. Mm. So the likes of the SCADA environment, the likes of the mm. power plants, the oil fields. So where companies have large assets and a huge amount of OT or operational technology environment, this is where a lot of them struggle and, and have the challenges of, say, how do I create a wing-to-wing and an end-to-end in terms of harvesting and harnessing data in the industrial internet of things? And this is where GE believes that because of us being an OT company, an operational technology company, and that we have applied technology both from IT and OT, we believe that we have that solution and the platform to actually marry and merge both of that environment. Do you foresee a world where the consumerization of information technologies, I'm talking about, for example, the iPhone and the Android phone, which they totally displaced the BlackBerry, right? Because the BlackBerry was an enterprise device. So um, do you see that trend also happening even for very traditional categories with what you describe as IT and OT? Sure. So today, just to be very open and deep in terms of how we are leveraging technology. A lot of the application, the outcomes, and what we turn the visualization application that we deliver to our solution are delivered on iPhones and iPads. Because if you, like, give you an example, a, a plant operator. So a plant operator today in the traditional world sits in a, sits in a, in, in a room 
look at his dashboards. It could be analog, it could be digital, and he can't leave the room. So can you imagine a day where a lot of what we deliver and what we deliver today, everything that we deliver in G Digital right now is through a cloud. So it does not matter now in terms of how we deliver it in terms of an end, end device, right? Be it, be it a room or a dashboard or be it a mobile. So, it does it. so we see mobility play a huge role in that digital transformation and, and we are embracing it as part of our solution. Where are the opportunities and the challenges to get these traditional companies, and I would specifically talk about Southeast Asia as a whole, sure. to embrace digital transformation then? I think opportunities are huge. So maybe let me take a step back, right? I, I would say traditional companies rely a lot on what we term experience. And, and I love to take the power plant because in this part of the world, power, it's a huge thing because you know, Myanmar, Laos, they are all coming up with new power plants, greenfield power plants, right? So traditionally, to operate a power plant and to run a power plant, you get engineers that has been in that industry for the last 30, 40 years. And when they leave the industry, that talent leaves with it, that ability to understand and that knowledge leaves with the person. And therefore, the huge opportunity is how do we digitize a lot of those knowledge and experiences? Because... A lot of them today walk onto a, a generator and because they kind of look at certain figures, certain numbers, certain parts of the dashboard, they can tell that maybe it's time to do a repair or the moment it breaks down and you lose millions of dollars, say we need to repair. And all these are manual. All these are gut feel. All this is true experience. The art of this is now how do we then take that historical data, that experience, how do we digitize that? And now, after digitizing it, how do we then get connected to this machine with the current flow and the dynamic data that's coming? And now you correlate historical data, experiential data, dynamic data. And as you begin to correlate through data analytics, now you can do predictive maintenance. And that's, to me, it's where the opportunity is, right? Because a lot of these industries today, as you can imagine, are in the old world. And, and therefore, there isn't a capture of data and they are not leveraging data enough to actually drive a lot of their maintenance and predictive maintenance concept. So do you see the use of artificial intelligence? I guess I would open both questions yeah, to sure, both you and Walter sure. to think about this. Sure, maybe, maybe I will give you a quick dive into artificial. So in reality, Predix as a platform that is part of our GE suite of solution as a platform has that, what I would term artificial intelligence, right? So the, the moment you begin to learn, the moment you create the right data analytics models that you have that recites on our platform, you are actually creating the artificial intelligence because as you ingest data, you begin to learn. And then as you create those analytical models, now you can have benchmark and comparison. So I would say, you know, when you talk about what G Digital is doing, and I wanna go back to the point again, I wanna stress this point, G, it's not about just technology. Not, it's just not about data analytics or artificial science. G, it's about material science because a lot of this gear we manufacture, it's about the physics around it because this is where we are an engineering company. We grew as 125 as an engineering company. But as we evolve ourselves and we have pivoted, we are now both an engineering and an analytics and a software company. And that's what makes us really interesting because... By combining those, and more importantly, we are now a practitioner because we have done this. So being a practitioner with material science and physics, with data analytics and data science, 
plus software and platform kind of really says, hey, customers are like, wow, please help me. And, and I think that's, that's what customers are telling us today. Any thoughts? No, no, I agree. I think that that we're really driven in our strategy by by the outcomes that that we can deliver, and and that's what what our customers and our partners are looking for. We are of course applying it to ourselves because we started ourselves, our whole manufacturing process, and and a, a lot of the processes that we have internally are using our Predex platform and and all the the tools to 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 be uh, to be even better. And now we're going outside. Traditional customers, but everybody needs it. So, so we're addressing totally new markets for GE, which I think makes it even more fascinating. Going into agriculture solutions, maybe logistics. So, so areas we were not involved in the past. No, it's a great, great journey, and we have great successes. I think that's uh, mm. that's another thing. It's a reality today. So specifically, I want to get into a lot more like specifics, as in the case studies, right? Mm. I. Before I walked in, I, I sort of have read through some of your global case studies. For example, you have done some work with Jaguar Land Rover in terms of customer challenge and some work with PNG with regards to using your plant power optimizer. I think it's going to be similar to the Asian example that we might get into and a little bit more on Intel's semiconductor facilities. Can you talk about each of these cases and how did GE have actually helped these companies to evolve? Yeah, maybe let me start with Procter & Gamble, right? I, I think Procter & Gamble, it's a very interesting example. I mean, they themselves are highly technologically advanced. I think what really GE brought to them is really our experiential and, and our practitioner approach to how we are helping them. So if you look at what Procter & Gamble do a lot, it's, it's critical. I mean, you know, you, you talk about quality, you talk about safety in, their, in whatever they produce, it's extremely critical. And I think one of the biggest challenge right now is in a highly technological manufacturing plan, sometimes a lot of the, the advancement lives in silos. And what we have done now with them is we look at it as a journey with them. So number one, we started with our plant pulse optimizer, which is an application that really helped them to drive efficiency in in interacting real-time with the data that's coming in. But more importantly, the journey that we have helped them to understand is to lift the data to a platform level so that they no longer live in silos across both the, the raw materials that are coming in, the plant level that's going uh, and the entire plant, plant level, and the supply chain. And how do we create a seamless and ubiquitous platform where data is collected ubiquitously and how data is now being analyzed at a platform layer. And I think this is where Procter & Gamble's like, wow, this is, this is something that if GE, you have done it, um, teach me, right? So I think as we evolve the journey, and, and within GE, we are learning day by day with our 497 plant. So, so there is a lot of synergy in terms of how we now partner with our customers. Like what Walter said earlier, we, we talk about outcomes. And the customer at Procter & Gamble is very clear, right? That GE doesn't have all the answers. And this is the beauty of being a platform. So GE wants to create Predix, which is our platform, as the platform of choice in the industrial internet world. And here's what it means. Predix provide what I call the house of capability. So today, a Procter & Gamble could make the decision to leverage 
a particular application that sits on our platform, that's GE. They could turn around tomorrow and say, I want to partner with a partner and GE and a partner could co-create an application that sits on our platform. Or they could go to a startup who happened to build a killer app that's sitting on our platform today. Or Procter & Gamble had said, look, I have a bunch of developers. Because of the platform approach that you guys are applying, you make my life in developing a particular application and solving my problem from a year to maybe two months. You know, let's co-create together. So now, Procter & Gamble has a choice through a house of capability sitting on a platform. And that's really what G mm. makes the difference. So I assume the similar approach has been done with, say, Intel as well for the semiconductor. Absolutely. I mean, we, we have numerous application that drives efficiency, productivity, data collection leverage, and be smarter, creating greater insights, and then optimization for that, right? But I think the killer app or the real outcome that they want, it's having a platform approach into it the way how they do their business. Then what about the case of the Land Rover where it's actually a customer challenge issue then? For Land Rover, it's interesting, right? I think, again, it's really around the collection of data, right? Mm-hmm. I think the problem is there's a huge customer because as they need to increase their output and there's always that whole supply chain discussion. And part of that supply chain discussion has a lot to do with fully figuring out how do I leverage the insights from the data I'm collecting, number one. Not only that, the data flow from one part to another, the guy sitting at the downstream versus the guy sitting at upstream, that data visibility is never dynamic. I guess I share your sentiment. I guess <laughs> when everybody asks us for real-time data, they don't yeah. appreciate how difficult it is to collect it in that amount of speed and how fast yeah. it transmits Absolutely. to your dashboard. Maybe just to add on this, I mean, these are some of the very good cases that show really what this platform can bring. I think it also, you know, what we're really working on is creating an ecosystem. So we work with a lot of other companies, like the ones you mentioned, but we also work with a lot of developers across the world. You know, they will be able, it's an open platform, so they will be able to develop specific applications and and it will generate a lot of additional revenue for them and offers new business opportunities for a big group of people that didn't have access before to potential industrial customers. And and a lot of time is pure visualization, right? So the moment you are able to collect siloed data, providing that vision, that dashboard, it's a big win just to start with, right? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of what we do is we, again, digital transformation, it's no longer just about technology, right? It's number one, it's a journey. But more importantly, it's really around leadership, around processes and around culture. And a lot of what we do with someone like a Jaguar Land Rover, it's, it's not just about deploying a solution. It's about helping them to appreciate that digital transformation journey. And maybe also build upon this. I think if you look at, at the bigger companies that are having a lot of different activities or different groups within the companies, they're often working as silos. Having one platform that can help them to break the silos and to optimize the way they work internally is something that, that everybody's looking for and Predix can, can, can be the, the right platform to do this. So if I would understand it correctly, Predix is actually a platform, a data platform that actually that powers the industrial yeah. enterprise for GE Digital. I think maybe I would flip it around and maybe sure. specifically focus back into Southeast Asia. I understand that there was a case where GE actually used this particular platform yes. onto 
agriculture That's in right. Indonesia. Can you talk about what sure, the, the, sure. the story behind that? Sure. So we have an amazing partner that we have in Indonesia called Databolt. And together with Databolt, we, we actually built an application that today solves a lot of the farmers' challenges in Indonesia. So if you kind of look at and so maybe let me go into detail around that application and how the platform approach and what we're doing, powered by Predix. This so this application is called Hara, and the application it's number one it's a cloud application and and it's delivered through mobile. So what happens is a big agriculture conglomerate basically goes out and acquire land. And when I say acquire, they they do it two ways: do they buy the land or do they rent the land or do they lease the land? And you have a lot of what we call community farmers that own a piece of land. And today, the farmers would say, you know, from this tree to that tree to that river, it's mine. But do you really know? And so now the farmers would say, okay, you know, for me to lease to you. So there's no data capture. Everything is manual. So you get a farm map, a field agent and a field manager goes out in the field and talks to the farmer and says, this piece of land and let me help you and by the way we want to lease it from you we want to plant palm oil paddy so everything is manual and and then they they pay a fee some of these farmers because they are poor they in order to, for them to really plant a crop they go to loan loan sharks and so there's always that middleman and so what we have done through an app is to capture all this data so now the we through an app the field man, the field uh, management and the field manager goes out into the field talk to the farmers, collect the data, help them to capture Joe data, and really create what we call a digital twin of the land. And therefore now we understand the land, the piece of land, we understand the farmer, we are capturing them with mobile phone, their face. With that data, now the big agriculture conglomerate could really help and, and address that. But this is not all. This is what we term the get connected phase of the application. The next part of the application is what we call get, get insights. As we collect the data, as the agriculture conglomerate, now he has a dashboard. Now he has a dashboard in terms of where the land is, what advice they're giving, what feedback the farmers give. The farmer says, look, I need two kilograms of fertilizers. I need to plant this crop. So he's getting data. I said, by the way, you know, historically, here's what I do, what I plant, right? So he's getting all this data from a historical standpoint. So now he's collecting fresh data from a Get Insights perspective. The next time now, we move on to the next application, which is Get Optimized. Now, we are putting sensors on the ground to understand soil level and fertility and understanding water levels and all that. We are also capturing from drone and satellite data on term, in terms of the weather patterns, in terms of the, the geographical and the contour lines of the entire place. So here's now what's happening. We are marrying data from satellite, data from drones, data from ground sensors, historical data from farmers. Now we co-relate all of that. And now I have an ability now from a dashboard standpoint, from a wing-to-wing -wing standpoint, and the entire acres and millions of acres of land to be able to detail and determine where do I get the most optimized yield, you know, be it palm oil, be it paddy. Again, this is a whole, the whole concept of how do we collect data in all kinds of formats mm. into a platform level analyze it and then spit out the outcome and display it in a visualization format regardless of any device anywhere, right? So I think this is where cloud and platform approach enable you to do that. And then can you imagine now, I'm talking about one small area, but if I'm a company that I need many areas, 
the only way you deliver this is through a cloud format and how you deliver the solution and mobile solution. That's interesting. That's yeah. probably, as in, I think people don't appreciate the fact that a lot of things in Asia, the agriculture part is still very manual Absolutely. and having this data so that you can be able to even determine what kind of crops and given the kind of issues that you're going to be solving with food and... But, but here's what's interesting to, to take it further, right? Now, the data that I collect becomes extremely critical for the fertilizer suppliers. They want to buy the data because now they know that the, the sales guy for the fertilizer supplier is not going to walk around the whole... Now he knows exactly because of data, he knows where to spend his time, mm-hmm. right? That's right. Number two, number two, now I go to the micro-loan companies who are the established the government bodies. They want a data because they now know who can they loan to? Because now I capture the data. Because not not to some another loan shop as a middleman. They loan directly to the farmer because now I'm capturing the data for a month. Then you talk about insurance company. You talk about you know. So the whole concept it's no longer just about a business model, but we are really raising the economic value of all these farmers who used to be below the poverty line. But with an app like this, with them participating in it, we actually have that social purpose of in, you know, increasing the economic value of our farmers. We're actually we're helping them to improve the productivity of their field huh? yeah, by absolutely. reducing the costs and absolutely. improving the output. Yeah. It has a huge impact in, in Indonesia, but it's something that is replicable mm. anywhere in the world. Huh? I have one penultimate question before the last question that I've got to give you. What do you see will be the key important things to look out for in the Internet of Things this year, in 2017? You know, for my side, it would be the speed. And people need to get on, on board quickly. I think that all the companies, all the partners we meet, everybody is playing with a lot of ideas. But some people are still a bit cautious on taking the step. I think the solutions are there. The solutions are proven. Our solution is proven. It's used already. And, uh, and my recommendation would be to people, uh, don't hesitate, go for it. And 2017 it's, is going to be a good year for this. And I think this, this event is, is a good example of the fact that a lot of people are really looking into it. And I hope it's going to be a, a good start and a, a great year for this. Well, thank you so much, Alvin and Walter, for giving your time to heaven on digital transformation. And now I get a better sense of what GE Digital is really doing in ASEAN. That's my last question. Help my audience. How do they find you? So for me, it's very simple. It's LinkedIn. I'm starting to get quite active on it. It's very easy to, to find me, Wouter van Wersch. Yeah, I'm giving a lot of feedback on you know, the trips that I make in the region, the, the things that really that I notice, some advice on leadership, some things that... that that I think uh, are, are noticeable about the region. And of course, also giving some more information about what GE is doing, mm-hmm. not only in Asia, but also specifically in, in digital across the world. So mm-hmm. I think that's the, the easiest way. Yeah, I Alvin? mean, www.ge.com slash You don't have a LinkedIn account too, Alvin? I do, I do. So I'm, I'm very active on um, Instagram and LinkedIn. So that's kind of where, where I, I connect with a lot of the people, mm-hmm. that, that uh, both professionally and socially. I'll definitely put the links up. And also, I, I have actually researched on your LinkedIn, actually, Walter, so I probably know, have seen some of your articles before coming in for this interview. You can find us on Analyze Asia, A-N-A-L-Y-S-E. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Acast, and TuneIn, and, of course, Google Play in the U.S. market. And, of course, you can find me at bilongcwl.com. Once again, uh, Walter and Elvin, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you.